0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Foreign Football Forecast. This is your host, Patrick Monaghan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Harris. Harris, how's everything going over in the
1: desert? Everything is going well. Hi, right, guys, we're very happy to have you back on our podcast. We're hoping that everyone is you guys are all safe, safe during this situation. And uh, we're back with uh, Mr. Ramo Badohu. Uh, to talk about uh, soccer, his life as a as a f- soccer player to a soccer coach, you know, and uh, now all his involvement into the soccer world. So, Ramo, how are you? Welcome back.
2: Hello, how is? It? Hello, Patrick. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back here on your on your little host show. <laughs> <laughs> all the good, all the good to talk about. Football, soccer, you know, the passion that we all share for this beautiful sport. And, you know, it can go forever. But today, yeah, I'm, I'm here to just speak with you guys a little bit about, you know, some soccer uh, experience. Hopefully, people will get something from it and and use for their own or even just want to turn the factor. So, here we are.
1: Absolutely. And last time, we ended on um, your life you know, as a as a soccer player in from Togo to France. So now today, we would like to know more about the big journey to the U.S. You know, tell us more about what 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 attracted you to come to uh, to leave the American dream, you know, and
2: come uh, <laughs> to the U.S. <laughs> I guess uh, I guess it's the something that brought all of us here, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Uncle Sam, Uncle Simon all his promise, you know. <laughs> when well, he doesn't tell you it's so all the hidden the hidden aspect of it. Well, I was in France and uh, I mean I always want to come to United States and Southern Africa, so when I got down in France, I figured it was time to, to come over here. But then I moved, uh, I visited first in New York City back in 2000. And then I went back. Then I came back again in 2001. You know, just trying to find a way to move over here. Uh, since I have my French passport, I can just come whenever I want. So anyway, but then I finally won the Greek crown in 2003. And then you know, I decided to move to the United States. First, the idea was just to coach. Because like I mentioned before, I always want to coach. Since I was in the youth system in France, um, they give you a possibility to be able to be a, a coach. So coach or referee. So I chose to be a coach's part. Um, so I decided to come over here and to teach soccer to the younger kid and, and share with them what I learned in Lili's Academy and all that. So then I was here in Alaska. That's what I ended up first. Um, and then, one day, somebody I was playing south and I adopted me. So,
1: Ram, a quick question, though. Why yeah. Alaska for those who don't, don't know, right? I mean, you live in the north of France already. <laughs> that is pretty You're moving to the U.S. and you go going all the way to Alaska? Come <laughs> yeah,
2: on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I guess uh, that's a good question. Because everyone, like, from Africa to Alaska, Yeah, you you of your mind? Well, my aunt, actually, I didn't get off the phone with her a couple of minutes ago. She, her and her husband live in Alaska, so when I want the drink, obviously you need an address, you need a location in the United States. So luckily for me, or unluckily for me, depending on which way you look at it, Alaska was my destination, so beggar beg can be chooser, right? Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what happened so is it when you get it they just sent you right over there and you were just like okay i'm going over to the us and and this
2: is the you know, so so when you actually want a green card um you know you have to give an address in the united states right like a place that you're actually going to be staying so alaska was my only opportunity because my aunt lived there <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't have no chance, so have no other choice. So I was like, okay, you want to be in Alaska? That's great. Obviously, you can't just come in and be in the street, right? So, you need a place to stay. So, my aunt has been living in Alaska her husband for over a year. So, so, I guess that's where I end up first. So, yeah, it's that it. So, anyway, so I got to Alaska and then um, I was. Uh, Playing, coaching, and, you know, do whatever I can to just kind of start living the American dream. Um, so my, uh, I was playing adult league, men's league, uh, with my friend, His uh, name is Jimmy. He have this club called Full Force Soccer Club. So I've been playing with him, and then one day we played this game against uh, uh, this Spanish side, Spanish and then this guy from Israel uh, saw me And then he's like, wow, you're good. And um, then he's like, well, I would like to uh, help you to go sign in my country. Because he said he's always an agent. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go back to Europe unless it's like a big time contract. Otherwise, I'm all about United States, you know. (laughs) Really? Uh, Yeah, like I'm not trying to go back and then start it over. So I said I'm from France. And I always like to be in the United States. So if you want to help me, it has to be in the United States. So then he was like, well, you know what? Why don't you go to university? And I was like, oh, okay. First of all, my English sucks. Uh, so I can't see myself in a uh, university in the United States. So I said, for so secondly, I don't have money. So I can't afford to pay for university. He's like, no, 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 no. They give you scholarship. You know, you're good. So a lot of universities will use your soccer talent and give you scholarship. He's like, well, if you don't believe me, look it up and you see I say So at that point, I didn't even know it was possible. For me, college was out of question, you know? And then I found out, I was like, okay, I started do some research and I found out that, yeah, there's like a lot of scholarship that's been given. So, so I started putting a letter together, I started contacting a lot of school in the United States. Um, to just tell them about my soccer background, no video, no highlight, nothing. Um, i did not even know about the academic expectation and all of that. I just like thought, okay, you know what? I with my degree, I can just like either trying to transfer because I was trying to take us a GED to kind of like get used to like uh, the American speaking, you know, academic stuff like that. So then, I found a school in a, um in a Tennessee, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, or the NIA school. I contact a lot of schools in the country. Actually, a lot of them were really interested. But the one in Nashville, Tennessee, they're the one who actually fly me out there. They pay for my flight and everything. So then I fly in 2004 um, to to Nashville, February 2004 to Nashville, Tennessee. Practice with the team. They have a lot of Brazilians in their squad, Brazilian, Argentinian. Like, you know, it, it was like, all over the world, so uh, it was fun. Yeah, bonito. Yes, 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 yes. So I played with them. It was fun. They liked me. They was this major guy. They like, oh, we see you. We're gonna win. We're gonna win our conference. You know, everybody was so welcoming. It was very excited. So, I can see myself playing in college. I went to the coach's house. His wife, gave, made make food for me. I, I stay at the coach's house. They, they take care of me. You know, it was. Uh, so he said, listen, man, I really want you. I can have you. If we can have you, if you can find him, I think our squad will do well. We have money for you. We have, you know, the school is nice. You have all, like, international people. Um, it's just a great place to be. And I grew up with them. It was like – like the, the, I remember, like, that day, it's funny. We actually – watch uh, a Champions League game. If I can remember, this was in 2004. It was in Milan, I guess, uh, I can't remember. Anyway, so the whole experience was just fantastic. And I can't wait to be in college and playing the squad and traveling and things like that. So I can see myself again, like back in France in a a small academy where we take a bus to travel. So anyway, so then I, I flew back to Alaska and then and they wanted me to take my SAT um I take the SAT but I have very very bad results it's like horrible <laughs> so I was like shoot here I go I think then I found another school um uh, in Phoenix Arizona um their name is uh, Yavapai oh, really? College it's, yeah Yavapai College um there's over seven time national champion for the junior college they're like a very powerhouse in uh, in a country what's your name again Yavapai College. Yavapai. Yavapai. College. Yeah, yeah, Yavapai College.
1: Yep, yep, right. I
2: think I don't yeah. know it. Yeah. So, with the coach, Mike Pantaleon, and uh, all that. And then these guys from uh, England. I forget his name. He's Arsenal fan. And um, so, since I was a career, so it was actually a good matchup. So, they, they decided to have me visit as well. Um, and then, I believe, I tore my ACL right before I visited them. Um so I went. I still went anyway, but then you can tell I was really struggling and um and then they're like, listen, um the guys from Arsenal is like you listen, you know, we can tell that you have good thoughts and all that, but you just not physical capability to play So don't rush it. There's all another time. So just go back and uh, when you here we will talk again later. So then, that was it. So then, um, that was 2004. Then I just went back to Alaska, I just mind my business and playing, and and just kind of live it alone.
1: So Ramon, and then, uh, so, yeah. So the Tennessee, the ACT was the requirement, right? So because you didn't uh, have the grade they re- they wanted, so
2: you didn't make. Yes. Correct. 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 So but, a you must have to university to get a good grade to get get uh, academic scholarship, you know, even to be accepted in school, you need to have either SAT or some certain level requirement for ACT or SAT, and in order to be, you know, admitted to the school. So yeah, so I wasn't qualified academically to be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, go ahead, Patrick.
0: So so after all this, and, and you see that, that's the one thing that inhibits you from playing, is there a thought process of maybe I might return back to Europe where I know I can play? Or are you feeling more so like I've already come here, I want to stay here? And at that point, were you thinking of just skipping college and trying to make it professional? Because 2004, you know, American soccer was not – it wasn't yeah. at a very good level. It, it really wasn't. So were you thinking yeah. maybe – that you, do you think you could have just instantly entered professionally, or did you still want to do and play collegiately?
2: Honestly, I didn't care because, for me, I moved to the United States. I mean, I quit a very good job in France. Like, when I was playing, I had this job that my friend hooked me up with. I was getting paid very well, and I quit that job to move to the United States, and I remember they didn't even want me to leave. They actually increased my race so I don't leave. And I told them, I said, listen, United States was part of my dream and nothing's going to stop me from going. So I'm leaving. So for me, it's all about moving to United States no matter what. <laughs> Whether it's coaching, because I was going to come here to be a coach. That, that was my mindset. You know, my mindset was to coach. Um, I will always play soccer. I still play now in a very good, decent level. I mean, it's just for the love of the game, not necessarily to make professional, to make money. So for me, in my mind, I'm in the United States. Whether I'm working uh, at the grocery store, you know, whether I find a job or that, it doesn't matter to me. I'm in the United States. So it's like, whatever I do, it's in the United States. What I play, what I coach, I didn't care. So, but because I love the game, I didn't, you know, I wasn't really in I mean, I didn't even know that I could even go to college, you know? And then I left my European dream to be the United States. So it's like, Coaching was my dream, but if in the process I can play, hey, I take it in a heartbeat. So after that, I was like, you know what? Let me just keep playing here and coaching, make some money, make a living, and then work on my uh, eligibility, you know? I thought about that because, Sensei, first of all, you need to have an agent. You know, even if the MLS wasn't good, oh, it's getting better now. You know, it's not so much about how good how good you are. It's about who you know and who to present to you, you know. There's a lot of good players that we're never gonna see them play because nobody knows who the heck they are or they don't have a I mean, speaking Africa alone, there's so many talented players there, but the problem is we're never gonna be professionals not to play because uh, nobody knows who they are or they exist, you know, and then here in the MLS You know, otherwise anybody can just go say, hey, you know, I'm very good. But then again, some people lie. They think they're good, but they suck, right? That's like you need to find a way to weed people out. So as a decent soccer player, I might think I am. I can't just get up and say I'm going to MLS because MLS wasn't good enough. Well, who do you know? Who's going to get you to the door, right? So then I was thinking, going to college perhaps would put me – in a spotlight, right? And then from there, I can do good in the league, and then the MLS people will hear of me, and then we can go from there. So that was my top process. So I was just kind of like living in Alaska, training, playing. And then, in 2005, after my knee injury, um, I decided, well, that was my first time going back to Africa. After 1998, when I went back to Africa, I haven't went back. Um, I left in 1994, went back in 98, and I didn't go back until uh, spring 2005. And I remember it was my, uh, my ex-girlfriend's mom, she wanted to uh, surprise my mom. So she had me buy the ticket to go visit my mom in Africa, Togo. So, like, so I was like, my mom was a present. So she was like, we well, are not going to send it to your mom. I'm going to buy your ticket because you know, she went to Africa, she visited my mom, so her and my mom kind of get along, and me and her, are uh, grown up in France, we are very close, so, so I was my mom's present, you know, just go back home and surprise her. So I was excited, Yeah, you know, I was like, shoot, I'm not going no to say, bad if you give you a chance to go to Togo, are you kidding me? So I flew to Togo, and then, as you know, we always play in this place called, uh, like, uh, uh I reach know solidarity, which is like, you know, the the, the heat of the center. Yeah. It's good, that's like a Wembley, Wembley Stadium. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a Wembley, you know, that's the Wembley of Tolio, right <laughs> there. Exactly. You gotta play there. The the, you know. <laughs> Stanford Bridge of the Togo. <laughs> Every Saturday, we play a game there, you know, all professional. You name them. I mean, anybody who ever plays soccer in Togo uh, knows soccer solidarity. That, that it's like the spot to be, you know. So, we organize soccer tournament um, there that when I came, I organize another soccer tournament. I buy, like, a soccer jersey for my friend. I always have a group of friends that every time I come back home, uh, we all put a team together and we put a tournament and we play. We usually always go to the final. Well, I think we only won this event twice, but for the most part, we always go to the final, but we get to, we we end up losing to the youngsters. You know, they're more fit than us, so <laughs> so that's about it. So anyway, it was zero in one of those games that the, the the assistant coach for the Togo national team. Rest in peace, Timothy. He was working with Stephen Keshi. Uh, he came to watch the event, and he approached me. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. And then he asked people who was that guy, and they were like, "Oh, that's Ramos. He used to play here. And they're like, oh, what professional club does he play for? He was like, oh, we don't know. All we know, he's in the United States. So then he approached me. He was like, hey, you you good. you fast with the ball. Uh, what club do you play for? We never heard of you. What professional club do you play for? We don't know about I said, I don't play for professional club. But I'm used to start soccer coach, and I play in adult league for fun. He's like, you know what? Stop, stop messing up at all. You know, I appreciate your modesty, but just go ahead and tell me. I said, no, I'm telling you the truth. I mean, what else there to say? I'm just here having fun with my friends. He's like, no, 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 seriously, man. Um, Casey is looking for a new talent to start up the Togo national team. Uh, we finish up the qualification. At that point, Togo wasn't qualified yet, you know. They're they like, uh, you know, they're they running the first, first place for the qualification. This was uh, April 2005, so, you know, there's still uh, a few games left before they get qualification. So then he's like, you know, I would like you to come join Togo National Team. So I was like, you know, what? So I didn't take him seriously, but I said, whatever. So we kind of talked, and I said, okay, whatever, man. But so then he went tell Stephen Casey. And then the next day, um, the next week, following weekend, um, Stephen Casey came out. I didn't know about it. Um, he was in his car behind the building. We have like a, the school have like this kind of, uh, you know, not fence, but uh, I don't know how you say that, but like the, the Mirai or whatever. <laughs> how you say that in English, artist? Uh, you might have yeah, to name that. The,
1: the, the Beachman Wall, right? Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. So, I don't know, so anyway, so then he came, he watched me play, you know, we played this game, I think we won to the one, I can't really remember, but anyway, it doesn't really matter to me uh, as long as I play, so then he sent uh, uh, Timothy to talk to me, and then Timothy said, hey, Kechi was there, rest in peace, both of them no longer exist. And uh, he told him um, to come visit, to, he had the cell phone to call him and then to come visit him. I said, uh, he, he saw me play. He liked what he said, he would like to talk to me. I was like, okay, this must be serious. Cause I know, just in case he was the coach and all that. So, so anyway, I went to his house and uh, we met, he lived down the street from me actually, not too far away. And that's uh, Harris's house right in there in that neighborhood. So I went there and just kind of sat down and talked to him. He thanked this villa right next to us. And then uh, he told me to listen. You're fast um, with the soccer ball. I haven't seen anybody that fast with the ball like you do. You have good pace. I like it. Um, and you're young, so I would like to help you um, to find you a club. Uh, if you don't already play club, I hear that you're in Alaska. I said, yeah. I said, are you interested in play? I said, yeah, but that's not really my pursuit anymore. Since so I left the Ladies Academy in France. I'm just playing for fun. If something comes, I will embrace it. But I'm, not, you know, I'm no longer staking to make a career. It's just like whatever, you know. So he's like, well, listen, I told him that in 1998, I came to Togo, wanted me to play for the U-17, but they wasn't really serious about it. Um, you know, they just weren't disciplined enough, so I didn't want to waste my time about all this. He you said, know, listen, uh, I'm the coach. I make all the decisions. They give me free control of the, uh, of the national team. Um, so I run the thing my way, you know. And right now we're doing pretty good. We, we should be qualified for the World Cup if everything goes well. Um, and then I'm going to be looking for some player that have a routine experience um, to tough up the group. Um, people that are young and are passionate about the game and I think you're one of them so if you're interested I will definitely invite you for the uh, pre-African Cup in uh, December but you have to move out of Alaska you yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know, you have to leave Alaska. It just doesn't sound good. We can't sell you. Uh, people, people are just going to be skeptical. Uh, I mean, United States alone is already skeptical, so lot of Alaska. Alaska. So, it's, it's, it's like it's just not going to do it. So you have to move. I
1: a question for you. Um, how did you yes. feel to receive such praise from Stephen Casey, you know, who's a, who was a former professional player, won the Olympic Games with the Super Eagles in 1996 in Atlanta. I mean, how did you feel after not playing for a while, you know, professionally and you just received that much praise from a guy like him? You know, I mean, that should have seared something in you, right?
2: Yes, it did, actually. I mean, I know I was good. I mean, I know, but like, are you I'm sure also about a, that?
1: What did he, <laughs> he, <what> he say? <laughs> what do you say? I was making fun of you. I said, are you sure about that?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, I, I know I was good in terms of soccer. I have all the decent stuff. But, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of professional people that play that I don't think, on my opinion, they do. So, it, it's, you don't play necessarily because you're the, the best player, you know. Um, Sometimes you have to just get, get a job done. Right? Uh, you have to get a job done, but you also have to um, have an opportunity and chance, you know? And as much sometimes you want to do something, I know that not all of us are going to go pro. Because I played the game because I love it, and, and I received a good training for it. Uh, but I just felt like uh, because of my mind, I already decided to not play. And then, and then I know all those circumstances, especially what happened to me in Belgium, right? Here I was 17 years old, about to sign my first professional contract, and then I got injured, so it didn't happen. So I have a history and background that tells me that, Ramon, uh, you playing have nothing to do with your talent, okay? You playing have nothing to do with the fact that you're the best player. It has to encompass for many um, variables, you know, from the right timing, from your own health, and from to be somebody that people wanted at the right time. So these all these things, in my opinion, uh, I was aware of the journey. So I wasn't really, because even he's not the first one who told me. I guess Casey uh, and Timothy approaching me was like the ice in the cake because everybody in that place always tell me, like, Ramu, you know, you should, you should go back playing, you know. You still got it. You know, like I have my friend who lives in Chicago right now. His name is uh, uh, Bovi Amuzu. And he's like, Ramo, you always run. You know, you need to stop doing that. We're we old, and you make us run every time. Why do you think everybody <laughs> just want to, like, everybody just want to follow you? Because you're fat, and it's so unknown when you don't stop doing good. So a lot of people always say that. So for me, I just kind of laugh. For me, I say, okay, you know, that's a nice compliment of them. But I am aware of it because I coach a kid. And sometimes I tell you some of the kids that come from Division One in the United States, when they come back from Alaska, we all play in the men's league. And these kids are like a D1 player that, you know, are fit. And then I see myself with them, and sometimes – I would say I am dominant, so it was fun to play against very good competition. So for me, at that time, when these people said that, I just take that as a, you know, praise and just kind of leave it alone. So when Keshean uh, and Timothy approached me, I was like, okay, you know what? This guy, so my friend or not, just like be nice to me. They they really mean. I said, like, I know I was good, but, but I was like to the point where you know. Start playing for national did team. That's kind it? of, like, you know, that's kind of big, you know. So that was what I was thinking. I was like, okay, I know I'm good. At, I amateur, right? You can play against amateur and do all that, but like to have the national coach to consider me that, So I was like, you know what? Maybe Ravo, you probably stop too soon, you know, pursuing this thing. So this kind of thought crossed my mind, but I was like, okay, I will only do that if it was convenient. Right? Like I'm not gonna get out of my way of chasing a dream anymore because I had it, but life is so circumstances take it away from me. So I need to be careful, you know. So that was like uh, my thought process. Anyway, you have what questions? Do you mean by,
0: what do you mean by that though? When 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 well, you're saying I it's convenient that. and you're referring to you didn't want to return? Are you saying like because, you know, you're having okay. these conversations and you're getting interest from the national team. Is that kind of rekindling your interest and in saying, I want to play professionally again? Or or what was your kind of thought process? Did you think Yeah, that- Yeah, so what, what I mean by... Uh,
2: what I mean by what is convenient, what that means is like, you know how I was in Togo and they're interested in me, right? That's like convenience. That means... I was just doing what I was supposed to do. Then, if somebody was interested in me, I will take it, but I will not leave my path and then chase it and have a dream, if that makes sense. So, let's say. Yeah, you, wouldn't
0: go, you wouldn't have gone, oh, I'm in Alaska. They call me, hey, come to Togo for like a trial for other national team, professional, whatever. You wouldn't have gone from that, but it's like, oh, I'm already back here. They saw me. Exactly. Like it's it, destined, exactly. Though, that,
2: yes, seems like destiny, yes. That's
0: what? that seems like destiny that seems like destiny it seems like you were meant to to have met the coach and it, it seems like you were meant to have returned it seems like exactly. you, at that point you weren't yeah. you weren't finished and maybe you thought you were finished but maybe that helps revitalize you thinking you know what no i can still play i know i can play and
2: i'm yeah so so that was my time that was my thought, but then you also have some responsibility in the United States, like paying your bill and all that, because, you know, all these things, there's no guarantee. So, it's like, unless you have a lot of money later on, you can just drop everything. <laughs> like, I already did in Europe to come to the United States to, like, to start chasing something. So, you're right. I was like, okay, I'm already here, and then I'm going to go back to the United States, and they wanted me to come back. I usually come for vacation in December anyway, so it's not like I'm going out of my way. So it's like, it was all convenient, you know? So that's what I meant. I was like, I don't have to, like, go crazy out of my way. I will do it and see where to go from there. So that's kind of like what I told myself. But then the one man, he telling me that, I said, okay, you know, I got nothing to lose. I mean, this, this gave me some experience that I never had. I mean, you name it, I had it. From French Youth Academy playing for all these guys, it's a unique experience. Even if I didn't become professional, how many players can even brag about those opportunities? There's like a billion of us in What do you say? My,
0: uh, my brother had a friend of ours, and when we were growing up, he played yeah. in this, the same situation as you. He played with Marseille. And he would yeah. always tell us about it. He was like, yeah, I was in the U-17s. I was about to be doing this and that. And I was like, yeah, you've done it better than any of us could ever imagine. So it makes sense. <laughs> exactly. I mean, to, play, to play for the Lille Academy is in and of itself an achievement. That's, that's something great.
2: I agree. I agree with you on that because I think sometimes we get caught up in uh, the, the final product and then we fail to experience the journey. I mean, the most important part of everything, honestly, is the journey. Everything else, because once you arrive, you're like, okay, that's it. What do I do next? Right? So we definitely, I think I enjoy the journey more than anything else. So, yeah, so I was excited about the idea of a national team. For me, it's an accomplishment. I mean, every single child who plays soccer in this planet will love to represent the country, let alone to experience the sport at the highest level, even for free, right? Even for free. Everybody will love to be called for national team even not get paid. I dare to see any child, any soccer player who in any country who will refuse to go play for the national team for free. Just for one day, just for one game. Everybody will, you know. Except when you professionally you make a lot of money, then you become, you know, your, your priority change. Then you don't want to do for free anymore because your club pay you a lot of money. But if you tell those people when they're ten years old, they will sign. Any one of us will sign to go play free for a country. So anyway. And so then I came back to the United States. So I found a way of like, okay, I have to leave Alaska. So then, you know, that's that's where I tell you that, you know my interest and motivation that's fine because like i said you know i don't want to follow but then if it's company i will do it so i was like okay stogo national's calling me yes my dream starts fucking. i said you know what i'm about to find a club because in my mind can you imagine me one cup? easy because that's like my my to another club right there <laughs> And that's your, ticket,
1: that's your ticket to the top of the world. I mean, exactly. like, there is nothing greater. I mean, regardless, I don't care what people say, but playing at a World Cup level. There's no okay. such exposure as a World Cup level. So that alone, mm-hmm. having that opportunity, I mean, I would have gave everything up just to try that. Because the, the time span was so short anyway. So it's not like... In yeah. four years' time, you gotta get prepared. No, this is like Man, eight months' time. You know,
2: like, a, in, the, in the next six, in the next nine months or something exactly. like that. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You know, like, wow. <laughs> I mean, I would
2: have done yeah. everything. So I, I get you an well, hour, bro. <laughs> yeah, so I did. So I did. So next as soon as I got back on um, May 8, May 2005, first thing I did is to gather some of, um, uh, to start sending videos to like all the PDL team, like USL team in the United States from uh, Louisiana, from Alabama, uh, Nevada, you name it, I was just sending a lot of left and right. At that point, I was looking for like a, a PDL team to compete before December because I want to be at a high competitive level, better than our amateur league. So then I sent a letter out to this club, So then this club in uh, Nevada, they call Nevada Wonder, they have PDL team, they have youth club as well. So it was perfect, So I put it in my description that I'm looking for a club that I can coach for the youth team, and at the same time, play for the PDL team, you know. So then they flew me to Nevada, in uh, Reno, Nevada. Then um, they had me look around, visit the facility and everything then I, I i train with them one training, and they like well, first but they like my background already because I explained them why I was looking for you know to move to low forty eight I tell them that Ste Keshi, who's the Togo national team, request that I left I leave Alaska because he gets you know so obviously you read a letter like that you're like. You're like, this guy definitely like donkey, right? Yeah, I got your attention directly. You have leverage, Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so, oh. <laughs> so how to use that? I was like, listen, man, I love Alaska. But here's here. my national coach tells me to move out of Alaska uh, to, to promote my resume. Um, so obviously... They want, a, a want to play in the squad too, right? So they like, win-win. like, all right. Oh, yeah. Guy, we, can, we can say that we have a walk up play in the squad. So I'm like, <laughs> they're very excited about it. I was excited about it. They're excited about it. It was a win-win, you know? Yep. I'm looking a place to play. I tell them why I was there. So basically, if anything else, they're the ones who want me more than me who want them. I mean, if you want to be honest. Correct. I, I got, like, a lot of overwhelming letters from different uh, clubs, about, like, seven different clubs. But then Phoenix, um, Nevada, what well, seems to be, because I kind of want to stay in the West Coast, area. So I was like, you know, that's what. Well. So they fly me, they run a training session. They keep love the training session. The coaches love the training session. The president, everybody loved it. I was like, did one practice, one training. They flew me for a week. And... In two sessions, we start talking about when I'm going to move, what's going to happen, and everything else. So anyway, so I told him, I said, listen, because this was around uh, May, May, so as soon as I got back from Togo, so it was between May and June, so I told him I have to finish my season, and then I will move here for the next season, which will start in August, you know, 2005. So yeah, so that was it. I decided to move to Nevada. They pay for everything, you know. They even have like this apartment. So, uh, you know, they they host me and then this English coach. They usually have English coach coming from England. They stay three months and then they go back. So they host me in this apartment and, and they pay for everything. So I stay there from um, August 2005 to pretty much uh, 2006. So it was during that time, I received uh, the email from a Togo national team um, to say to fly back, and uh, once I got there, they will uh, give me some money back, which they never did, but that just a classic Togo. <laughs> so, so then in December, December 5th, 2005.
0: Wait, 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 wait. In yeah. five months, you found the club, you get the email, and then you're already playing with the national team.
2: Yep. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> what? The, yeah.
0: Oh my God!
2: Yeah. So What's going well, on? yeah. What do you, what do you How think? How were you
0: feeling after that? Did you feel like surreal? Could you?
2: Yeah, I like was in it? a row. I mean, I mean, wow. sometimes. I mean, you know, my, my whole experience, even in the United States. I mean, uh, I'm a, somebody who believes in a lot of attraction. You know, in a way, you attract what you experience. Um, so, I'm not surprised, even the lottery, the way I won the Green card Lottery. If I tell you the story, you'll be amazed. So, I kind of know how sometimes material some stuff in your, in your life when you truly believe it, you know? Um, and then you set up an emotion thing will happen. If you sit in your couch, obviously nothing's going to happen. But when you do something, it creates domino effect, right? So, finding a club in low 48, finding a new area, and you have to be honest, um, my resume kind of helped me out, right? The, the situation, so it's not like, I'm not like a, just a random guy. I have like a lot of history going on for me. And as you know, that's why people ask for people's resume, you know? I don't want to see what you've been up to, you know? And then, so when you back that up with, uh, uh, um, what you say, you show people what you can do, it makes things actually go fast. Look Look at the way I got to the national team the French League. Like, I wasn't expecting it. I was just like doing my thing. And then they're like, hey, you're good enough. You want to join? i like, shoot. Sure. Who the heck would say no to that? I mean, unless you don't love the game. But right? if so you do love the game, like I tell you, you're willing to play for free, right? So, so for me, World Cup, I don't care if they didn't give me one dime. I would go to World Cup with my own goddamn money. Right,
1: <laughs> you even paid you're going to
2: go to one for the World Cup, man. You paid. For exactly. it. <laughs> exactly.
1: Just, just, I mean, just
2: just to be noticed, it's tough because there's a lot of million play out there, and then here you get noticed. You just play like play too much. That's like a strict socket. I mean, so many feels like a street socket. It's not like a, you know, yeah. big it's, organized. It's, it's you a know,
1: pick-up
2: game. It's a pickup game. Yeah, it's, game. it's a pickup game. You know. It's like, uh, it's like uh, Patrick, it's like the movie, uh, The Goal. Did you watch the first movie, The Goal? Yeah,
0: I've seen the series, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, it's,
2: it's, yeah, the first one, so it just kind of like, my story yeah. is just kind of like the first one, you know, the first, the way he was going to pick up and then and it just happened. Because all it, all it requires, I always tell my player is this, you never know who's watching, right? So when you play the game, just play to your best. You know, behave the way you're supposed to behave, just have fun. Enjoy it. Because when you do if you're enjoying it, whoever's watching you is going to enjoy it as well. And then whoever needs you will also enjoy it. So my story, it was simply, it's as simple as just enjoying what the heck you're doing. That's it. I have no expectation. I wasn't trying to go anywhere. My year as far as I was concerned was done. I was just having fun. So, okay, I found a club, moved down a low 48 in Reno, Carson City, Nevada, December 2005. So that's like, wow. So May, that's like eight months. Yeah, in eight months, right? I, I, we're looking at now. That's seven months? Yeah, seven months. So uh, May, that's 10 plus two, that's 12. So yeah. So in May, that's the fifth of the month, of the year, right? So, December, that's like this work. So then I flew to Togo, contacted Timothy. Then uh, they called me back, Stefan called me back, okay, grab your stuff, training Monday, the pre camp stuff on Monday of January, uh, December something. So um, come to the stadium, start Municipal municipal stadium of Lome. And so I was like, I can't believe this is actually happening, <laughs> right? Like, okay, at that point, I was like, okay, I must be, like, dreaming. No. Nope. I show up at the practice for the first day. It was kind of overwhelming because you see all these people, like,
1: you know. <laughs> y- oh, my <laughs>
0: God.
2: <laughs> yeah, you you all these God. people. All yeah, guys that, that day, I remember I wasn't there because he's still, he's still trying to show up, you know. Of course, he's a superstar, so this is his time to shine a little bit, you know, so <laughs> he always showed up late. But everybody else was there, from Adiano, Taka, Kouba yeah. de Kajer, I mean, Olufade used to play for Lille, and I remember, like, I used to, like, you know, go, and, and here he is, like, you know, people that play in the first division in France, like something that I wanted to do, I could do it. And here I am hanging up this guy in the locker room. I was like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just kinda like, I was like a little small fish. To be honest with you, I was like humble, just kinda chilling my corner. I said, you know what, I'm hey, you might have been lucky with these folks, but you guys are not on the same level, all right? So just just chill. Yeah, be humble and just come and do your thing and hopefully your time will come. So, so first training, we did all kind of small, small stuff. It was fun. And then we start scrimmaging. And then I, man, I was playing. Like, I, 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 like that's when I actually honestly said, okay, you know what? I probably working in my time in the United States. <laughs> just, just just, this guy, I was like, damn, I was sick. I was never tired because I was living in Reno, Nevada. As you know, it's a high altitude, right? Yeah. And yeah. I and hear that sometimes like um, people go like train over there because it's high elevation. I was the fit. I was like, what the heck? I can run forever. <laughs> and I was like, I'm enjoying the training. I was like, it, it was good. Uh, the level was good. These guys were good. Everybody was nice. We were just playing, and then uh, Stefan Casey, at some point, I remember I took the ball, juked this guy, accelerated, I could shot or pass the ball. I decided to juke him even more, and then he yelled at me. He's like, hey, stop. Then I stopped to come over here. I was like, what do you think you're doing? Do you think i you in, like, in the street soccer here? <laughs> is the national team? And we don't fool around. on. So you just think you're just going to juke people because you can? Is that, is that what it is here? Okay, you need to stop this amateur mentality. You don't do that here. Okay? You dribble if the game requires you to dribble. Otherwise, you pass the ball. And you're definitely not here to humiliate people because you can do it. I don't want to see that again. I said, okay, coach. I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> He's where you're yeah. like,
1: I'm back, I'm back in the professional world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So then I was like, okay. He's kind of right. because, like, and then I recognize you. I was just having the fun. But he was like, okay, it's about sharing the ball when you need to be. So that was the first time like he really get on my case. And then every time during the game, he would put me in against, like, we have a squad of people that are just trying out for the team. And then those that are in the national team that, are playing, that play the qualification, we play a game against them. I mean, I was just like, if you see me play, you will not know that I play. Now. I'm much on adult league in Alaska and Nevada. You will honestly think that I am somebody who is already competitive, you know, because I'm okay. Uh, but my speed, I think my speed was what was helped me because you know I have decent touch. I'm not a fancy player or anything like that. I see the game. I can juke people, but with a speed, and I'm quick, you know, so I know the game. So those are like the three recipes just to enjoy the game. So I was doing very really good. And um, so anyway, the one day I remember Adebayo shows up, um, you know, and me and Adebayo kind of had some pretty incident before uh, at uh, Charles de Gaulle. Uh, uh, Paris Airport. Really? Uh, we have yes. more. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So, <laughs> so this is what happened. Um, remember you showed me when I came to your house, Harry, you showed me when I did their lips. I remember like uh, you yeah. used to have this house in uh, Yacona Exactly. The, the new house that your parents had. And I was staying with you guys in 2005. I remember that. Yep. And then you uh, showed me where Adebayo live, and I told you that I want to invite him to the United States to come run a soccer camp. Because in 2004, I took a bunch of kids to tournament in France, and I asked Monaco play in the Champions League final that day. against yes. exactly.
1: exactly. And then, that and and I mean
2: then the, the last good. three-getter, the last three-getter, and then all the players said, hey, that's Adebayo, that's your country man. I said, yeah. And they're like, do you know him? And that was 2005. So, no, I don't know him, but eventually I will when I go to Togo because there's this place we've all played. And Adebayo always come back. I actually have a picture of me and Adebayo. I will send that to you later. Um, and then me and Stephen Casey as well in 2005. So, anyway, so then I was like, I promised the kid I'm going to try and see if I can bring Adebayo to the United States for soccer camp. Right? So yeah. then that's why I told Henry, and Harris showed me Adebayo's house. Yeah. Then I went to Adebayo's house and we met him. He didn't really believe me, or maybe he was just showing up, whatever, it doesn't matter. So then, the day I was going back to the United States, I met Adebayo at the airport at Lomé. He didn't know who I was. But every soccer player in the community knows who I was. And my cousin, who lives in Germany, his name is Kossi Manson, where he's a big-time soccer player. So maybe one day you get can interview him. I don't know what he's the English level, but he played for Werder Brennan. And he's still live in Berlin right now. So a lot of people know him in Togo. He's a big-time top-level player. And so I never saw me. And he's like, aren't you the one who comes to my house? I said, yeah. And he's like, okay, I will talk to you in the airplane. So after he sees, like, a lot of people seem to know me, now he pay attention to me, right? So when we get to the airplane, he's like, he was sitting in the first class. So then I walked past him He's like, hey, and I like, I see you. He basically, just didn't care about me. I was like, yeah, whatever, you know. So we get to the Paris airport. And then they try to go through, you know, sometimes they will take randomly your, your belongings, trying to like, you know, inspection to make sure that. And so they took Adebayo's luggage, like uh, his backpack, and they tried to look inside of it. And then him and the security people were kind of arguing or whatever. And then so I speak in my language, man, my, my native language to him. And I say, hey, never well, just, just let it go. Ignore them. You know, they just provoke me because they know you're a superstar. You know, so they're just trying to provoke you. And if you react, you know, you might find yourself with some lawsuit. So just let them do whatever. And so then he respond back to me in our know, native language. He's like, okay. And then so he listened to me. I said, I told him, I said, I was here. I was here longer than you, okay? So I know exactly how these people work. So just what are they going to do? Just let them look whatever they want to look. So then he told me to wait for him. So I waited for him. And then when he's done, it didn't even last two minutes. And then, so he talked to me. He's like, okay, you know what? Thanks for that. You seem to know me. Uh, know all I said, yeah, I know. I said, don't worry about it. So I said, well, he's like, where are you going? I said, no, I'm heading to. I'm heading to the United States now. Then he was like, oh, here's my number. So he gave me his cell phone number. It was with SFF, you know, um, the, the mobile company called SFR in France. Uh, that's the service that he subscribed. So he gave me the number and his email. He's like, when you get to the United States, um, just call me, and then we'll see what we can do, you know. And I was like, okay, so I got his number, and then I left. Um, so then, fast forward, that was in April. The first time where, uh, like in May, the when I first came and when I played and all that, that was the time. So then, fast forward to December, now I was with your training. He was late at the national training camp. And when he showed up, obviously everybody just rushed to him, shake his hand. And me, I kind of have dignity, so I don't do those kind of things because I know that it's everybody for their own pathway. And, you know, it's like, they running to Adebayo is not really going to change me. It's not like he's going to hand me all his wealth or anything like that. So it's like, you know, I'm just content with who I am or whatever I have. So basically, I respect who I am. You know, I don't get myself uh, worked out. I'm not a fan. I'm a soccer player. So it's two different things, right? So anyway, he walks up, kind of check my hand, like, respectfully. Say, how are you doing? I say, how are you doing? So he knows he know that I see something for him. So we just kind of have, like, that kind of respect for each other. And I remember that day, his little brother showed up late also. And then um, they called Wait, what
1: little play. brother? ot I or?
2: think so, the one who plays soccer. Yeah, the one who plays soccer. Hey, what was that
1: guy there,
0: man? he <laughs> <laughs> <Don't laughs> the team, bro. Yeah.
2: I
1: don't even play soccer. Like I cannot really I play for Fred. You saw me play. I play against that guy I Dream Ah, what was he doing <laughs> there? Come
2: on, yeah. man. I man, that. So he was there and he was like and then president you know, like uh, the coach is like if you show up here one more time late don't ever come back, okay? Because first of all, you think your your brother is coming here, so you you and your brother are not the same, all right? And then, can show up late because he have all the things to, to deal with. But you, who who are you? Hey, he he's just like he let him have it? So so that was it. So we have like a, a seven day camp, actually six day, Monday to Saturday. And then on the Saturday after the last day, everything went well. And I remember the last day he was walking and I called him to take pictures with me and we take a picture. And then he called five of us into his office and he said, um, well, uh, here's the, you, 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 do you have Togo Passport? I was like, no. He's like, you don't have Togo Passport? I I said, what Passport do you have? I said, French Passport. I said, you never have Togo Passport? I said, no. was like, okay, I don't even want to know. He said, "Where were you born? I said, Togo. He's like, okay, well, anyway, just whatever. You go to the minister of the uh, uh, department of whatever passport, whatever, and uh, they're going to give you a Togo passport. I was like, uh, I don't have no other paperwork." work. He's like, don't worry about that. Just go. You're with the national team. <laughs> no big deal. They say, if they national you. they take care of you. So I was like, okay. So I remember I have, like, my birth certificate, a copy of my old birth certificate from Maine, from France. And I have my Togo passport. So I took a picture. And then we went to bed. And then they're like, okay, what you have? What's your paper? I said, well, here's my French passport. Here's what I have. I said, that's all you have? I said, yeah. so what's your nationality for I said, I don't have none of that. He's like, okay, no big deal. Just leave your passport here, <laughs> you know. And then you come back in a couple of weeks, and um, we'll do it. Like, oh no, you say ten days or so, and then I left my phone number. And then basically all they did is, like, since I was born in Togo, they they look inside of my Togo, my French passport, and then they just replicate whatever was in my French passport. <laughs> so <laughs> they family. they
0: just took it and made a copy and said,
2: now here's the Togo passport. <laughs> yeah, I still have it right here. <laughs> I have it. I have it right here. And so I'm a professional footballer. And that's it. So my address, my address was the address in the United States. And that's it. So so that's how I got my first Togo passport. And then that's it. And then I went back to him. And he said, listen, I went to, he called me to his house. And then he said, don't worry. You will be going to World Cup. um, But you will not be going to African Cup because it's too soon. People don't know you, and it's not fair, because I just met you. Uh, you I, everybody only saw you this December. They don't know who you are. You haven't proved anything to nobody, except me as a coach. I see you, and I know what you can do. And you prove here at the training with everybody. All the journalists saw you. Everybody saw me. I remember, like, like when it was over, people were getting interview. All the journalists, because nobody knew who the heck I was. So... <laughs> They all want to interview the radio. I still have a picture of me right now. You have, like, a lot of people around me, and then they give me an interview. Like, they call me the little American. That's how they call me. Because like, I remember, like, when I, when I was doing training, I brought, like, those power rakes. You know the one you put a power in the water and shake it to make the power. a
1: power drink? Yep,
2: yep. Uh, so I have that, so it's like, it was, like, it was kind of like a big thing but like, nobody... I mean, most people never saw that. Like, they're like, "Wait a minute, he had, the water was clear and then the water turned blue. What the heck?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, when then, I remember, like, kids, it's just like crazy, you know. When you when you part of popularity contest, it's just crazy how people just kind of, I guess they wanna be in your spa, so they just like, you know, mirror themselves. People want my water bottle. Like, I remember I have this water bottle that I just drink. And then I was holding on to it. people like all oh, the like, Can I have the water bottle? I put it thinking empty water bottle. Like I you have all the kids jump out like this, is so <laughs> yes, you see,
1: that's that I think that's a, that's the power of, a, of being a star.
2: Right. You know, I, think, right. I, I couldn't believe it. Honestly, I'm telling you, Patrick and Eric, I mean, all that, even if I didn't go pro, I really don't care because that's like a memory and experience. Nobody will ever take it away from me. It's just like so unique. And then, so that was it. So he said, listen, we have a World Cup camp. By that time, Togo's was already qualified. So they go to African Cup. He said, just be ready. And then after the World Cup, I'm going to find you a club myself. Okay? Um, because... I will know a club that can know how to use you. Like, your style of playing can only fit into certain style of playing, right? And so he said he will help me to find a club that can use my speed and my style of playing. So, not worry, I will be going to walk up as long as he's the head coach. He promised me, unless I'm an injured or anything like that, I'm going. And so that, 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 that he said something, he's like, even though. This is what he said. Even though I don't play you one minute or whatever, for whatever reason, because you have such a potential, or even if you're injured, we put you in a squat. Even if you don't see one minute, the simple fact that you're in the squat will be a good promotion for you and we can find you a better club. He said that to me. I was like, shit. <laughs> I can't believe this is actually happening. I'm going to walk up. He so literally promised me So then he's like, go back to the United States. Just keep training. Just keep doing what you're doing. Then I'm going to call you for the camp. This time, every player will get money. So we will fly you to Paris. Um, And then we're going to go to Rouen. Rouen, which is like a city of France. That's where they're going to be staging to do the uh, World Cup preparation. Um, So then he said he will call me there with all the candidates. And then from there, I will... uh, Prove everybody who I am. Uh, and then from there, there won't be nothing from there because, you know, I prove it because that's where he's trying to play a bunch of friendly and decide who's going to make the squat, right? And so that was it. And so I stayed there until like February 3rd. I stayed in Lome. I watched them. Um, I went back to, I uh, call it, because the World Cup kind of started on February or so, if I remember correctly, and yeah. I left. Not the World the Cup. African coming in Egypt. Yeah, in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And then so then I left on February third, come back to Nevada. And then after the World Cup, then Stefan Kishi got let of go because him and Adebayo, uh have the little difference. And Stefan uh got fired from the national team and they hired this guy from uh, uh, in, uh, from uh, Germany. And then he's the one who took the Togo national team. And he said, if you don't play in the Europe and in at least a Division Two, you will not be going to World Cup. And that was my dream, and that was it, just like that. So then, and I know you know this guy, a lot of people saw me, and that's why I actually got motivated. I said, you know what? After this experience, I need to go back to my college. Uh, you know, find a, a way to go back to college and transport college soccer and then go pro. I was like. So to answer your first question, you asked me, I was motivated. Because after I see what I have for the national team, I was like, it'd be damn shame if I didn't give it a little try, right? So, this agent, I think he's, I his friend, uh friend, David, David now. Remember David? Oh, David, David?
1: Yeah, 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 David, David,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's
1: a journalist yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah journalist.
2: Yeah an agent and uh, so i didn't know about him and so then he contacted me on facebook um no it wasn't facebook through my number i don't know how it's happened there because this was 2006 so facebook wasn't around on yet so it was like uh, msn messenger yes it was through msn messenger okay and then uh, he's like he introduced himself he's like you know you don't know me i'm a journalist in france and also soccer an agent i saw you with the national team you were very good, and I would like to represent you. And I was like, Oh, how did you get my number? He's like, Oh, I got it to your cousin, Harris. I said, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, yeah, and then, like, he was looking for me. He's like, he like, You were so hard to find. And I was lucky that I found your cousin. Because, like, me and an older agent, we are looking for you because we didn't know who you are. Like, you know where to find. You just show up in the nowhere in the national team. And then you just disappear in the same way. <laughs> so we're tracking you down. We couldn't find you. So then anyway, so I was like, what you want? He was like, I want to represent you. I said, listen, man, I'm not interested um, at all um, to come back to Europe. So if you're going to represent me, let me just be honest with you. You just got to have to find me a club in the United States because I'm not going anywhere until I turn a citizen, you know. And he's like, okay. He's like, so you just want to play in the United States? I said, yeah. I said, I'm here to live in the United States, and I'm waiting to get my uh, citizenship, and that required me to stay in the United States for at least like uh, five years. And so that's going to be happening in 2008. So we're in 2006. So I'm not going anywhere. So if you're going to help me, you're going to have to find me a club in the United States. He's like, okay, let me see what I can do. So then I start contacting a lot of universities to find a school. Around August seven, two 2006, I emailed at least 200 universities in the United States, to be honest with you. Like, at this point, you can imagine my resume is pretty thick, you know, being a World Cup, uh, you know, like, my resume, you can't be my resume. <laughs> it's was like, how many players you find who want to play college, we for such a background. No, none. I don't know any. Yeah. Right? Definitely. So then I send all that. <laughs> I send that to a lot of Division One: Dayton University, Las Vegas University, Fullerton, uh, like the list going on. And then a lot of them respond back to me. They say, listen. Oh, I forget. In the process, I went back to Yama Pai, by the way. So I went back to Yavapai. Uh, after all these things, I went back to Yavapai because I know they're well-known in the country. And Yavapai gave me full ride, full scholarship, right? So I was excited. I came back. I played this time with Sammy. They were like, listen, usually we don't give full rights, but you're going to help us. So they gave me full rights right away. So then I was in Alaska on vacation in the summer of 2000, uh, 2006. I was there getting ready to go to college in the fall 2006. And then what happened, the coach called me, he's like, listen, um, your transcript, the school for some reason did not accept my transcript because I don't know, for, they're too straight. So he's like, listen, I tell you what, any school in the country would love to have you. And then they know me, I'm a, I'm a kind of big deal. <laughs> He uh, he's like, yeah, He said, you know, I, I send a lot of players to D1 so they know who Pike College was. So contact any school and tell them that if they want to know more about you, to so call me. So, like, so basically, I have a recommendation from Mike Pantaleon, who is the head coach for the Pike College, which is like big time national championship winner. He's like, if any coach from any D1 want to know who I am, Tell them to call me, and I will tell them about you. I will vouch for you. So then I wrote a letter of college. I put it out of our video. I said, listen, here's my background, and if you want to know more about me, call my Cantileo from Yavapai College. Um, they gave me full ride, but for some reason, the school didn't accept my transcript, and he thought it would be such a waste for me to not play college soccer. So he encouraged me to play for any school, and he's willing to vouch for me. So if you want to know more about me, just call him. So then I put in a letter. pretty much all the D1 contacted me. All the D2 said, sorry, we don't give our target scholarship, so we can't do much for you. And then someone, NIA contacted me. So a long story short, I traveled to Fullerton, Cal State Fullerton. They are the ones who seem to be very interested in me. He's like, you know what? We want you in the team. Come over here. Uh, we have to hurry up. You need to apply. I will contact the admission to where your uh, uh, admission fee and then we need to hurry up because it's, it's too late by now. So then when I get over there, by the time the NCWA his house clear me, it will be too late. So then he contact the N.I. school cross street called Hope International University. He contacts them and he said, Hey, I have a player for you. He's very good, but he need money. He cannot pay one dollar. So if you don't want it, you have to pay everything. So then that day when I, when I drove to Cal State Fullerton, I ended up training with the, the, the NI school. The coach liked everything, and he said, hey, we would like to have you. I would like to build a team out on you. Uh, we will offer you a lot of money. And I said, well, listen, I don't have no money. You know, I'm from France by myself. I live here in the United States. I have nothing. So the only way I can play it's just everything was paid for me. He's like, no problem. And then I was waiting to hear from Dayton University in Ohio, because I really want to play D1, because in my head, all I need to do is just one season of D1. You said Dayton? If I did work. Dayton University in Ohio.
0: That, that's where my dad's from. That's my
2: family hey? Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, then, so then I was waiting for them to hear for, uh, if they can... Uh, they can get me, you know, but then I, they thought the coach, he that so sorry, it won't happen this year. It's going to be next year. So then I decided to drive to play for Hope National University. And then I did. And then, um, what's his name? Some of our game were filmed. So David Rayner contacted uh, an agent in France that have his son, who is also agent in New York, OK? So then they talked to him about me. He said, listen, I have this player that I want to play in Europe. He only want to play in the United States. You need to go watch him play. And then see he, if he's good for you to find him an MLS club. So then he asked me to send a couple of videos. I, send. I think he said he can watch one of my games. I don't remember. So after the fall season, 2006, we had received an invitation. Uh, So the agent set up an invitation from a trial for me in a Seattle Sunday. At that time, they used to be USL team. So, So then they fly over there, they're supposed to pay for everything. We're supposed to pay for our flight and then when we get it, they will give us the money. So this was in March, early March, 2007. Um, after I had one season, Cal State Fullerton uh, wanted me, but then at this time, they're not willing to give me money. They said, the money that we're going to give you, uh, if, we give that, if we use that money, we can get five players from an institution from California. right? So like, okay, we can give you a lot of money, so we can give you this much, but you have to come up with this. I said, you know what, no, that wasn't the deal because the, the a Originally, they were trying to make me transfer after one season, so that way there won't be no issue for eligibility for my grade, you know. Then that way I can just transfer my grade from NIA school to D1 school. And then they promised to give me money, but now he's not willing to give me the money that he promised. So then the first thing I did is to go try out. But for Seattle Sunday, I did try out in January for LA Galaxy. You know, early galaxy open up uh, have like open tryout and I didn't wanna go and my mentor in Alaska, he said, I'm right, well, I pay for it so, like you have to pay one hundred ten dollars to try out. Which was a scam, it was just, like a money maker. I didn't wanna go because like I don't like those open trial because you don't usually get full attention that you deserve. You just kinda overlook, you know? Yeah.
1: But and that's what like you more- it's your previous experience in Lille, right? When you left was to Lille. We've yes,
2: yes, exactly. Exactly. So I was like, I said, I don't, this is, this is just publicity. Mark, I have found out a month's open trial or just a publicity because the club kind of had to host something for public, you know? And it's like promotion to attract all the fans, you know, me, it, it's just bogus. So my friend was like, oh, just do it. You have nothing, i pay for it. So he paid $110 just and I went. And I remember I still have some of the highlights. My friend followed me to film me so that way I can see how I did. And I did okay. Um, there are like 810 people. Can you imagine that? Um, sure. Like 810 people and each one of them paid like 110. Tell me if that's not money maker. moneymaker. Like, yeah. What? Yeah.
0: 810 people paying $110?
2: And $20, you say? $10 for trial. Now it's more. Like, it's a, there's open Galaxy open trial every year. Like, now it's more. When I pay, it was $110. Now, last time, it was like $210 yeah, for open take, trial. Yeah,
1: $10,000 cash a year just for open trial. A
2: and new then, revenue stream.
1: Maybe the yeah. best player, just one out of the 800, so. Yes.
2: So, so that year, so after 800, they're supposed to keep 22, right? Because we do small side game, And my coach from the Cascade Fullerton, he was there. He saw me, he was like, What are you doing here? I was like, Yeah, I'm just trying out. He's like, I thought you were supposed to play for me. I said, Yeah, but I'm just, you know, I'm just wanna see what, you know, just like. He's like, Okay, whatever. So then, <laughs> so then I got caught. I didn't tell him that I wasn't gonna come to here, you know. <laughs> yeah. So then he's like, um so they keep 22. Out of those 22, they only end up keeping two people. One of them, so listen to this one of them used to play for Marseille. And then one of them used to play in Portugal. So these are the two players that they kept. And at the end, they end up not signing none of them. Wow. Yep. Wow. 100. Yeah, 810, and they kept 22, so they can play 11 v 11 Out of 22, they only keep two players for further, for further review, and at the end, none of them signed. So, anyway, so after that, then I have the Seattle Sunday Academy, okay, a Seattle Sunday professional trial. At that time, the UCLA team, so then there are 11 of us, Six people from France, including me. Well, I'm in the United States, so if you look at it technically, there's five people from France, five people from uh, United States. We try out. Among them, there's a famous player that you guys can Google him right now, and you will see his name. Sébastien Le Tou, you will see that his first time he he played for the other center. You can stop right now. You will see Sébastien Le Tou. Um, so he was there, too, from France. He used to play for Red, which is a French professional team, and Lorient. So all these guys, which is pretty much French professional in France, they all come under this one agent. So one agent is pretty much represents six of us. And there's like five other people from the United States that are trying out. So there's 11 of us trying in office the other Sunday. We have five to try out. I did great. I remember one of the tryouts. We just did like some stupid stuff that, just to see our consistency of our technique. And then the last day was Friday. We played the final game. We the uh, the tryout people against the people that are already in the team. And I remember that game. We have one injury player, so we end up playing a 10 against 11. We won 2 to 1. I scored a winning goal. And uh, my agent was there. He was so happy. And then I remember one time we were playing a small side game, and then everybody was just yelling at me because I'm the nice guy, obviously. So everybody just figured I this is the guy to pick on. So everybody was picking on me. I didn't care. I was just listening to them. And then the coach called them. He's like, "Are you guys stupid?" He's like, "Hey, you, what position do you play?" He's like, "Defender." He's like, you, what position do you play? He's like, defender. And then, like, then he's like, what position Ramo play? He's like, he's forward. I say, so it was a 4v4. And he's like, you, he's a like, oh, midfield. So, okay, let me get this straight. You're have two defenders, one midfielder, and then one forward. And then you want your forward to play defense. I say how logical is that? He's like I'll tell you what, why don't you get real going Because my team keeps losing, right? On a small side game, our team keeps losing. So they keep yelling at me and I just like, whatever. So then he's like, so the coach said, Why don't you two play in the back and one of you trying to move a little bit forward, but you have only one defender who always stay back and then you have the other midfielder kinda of on another side, so you guys kinda of fall a diamond. And then you just kind of rotate it. So one defender go up and down. You know, one midfield go up and down. One defender always stay. And then you have Ramo up top who just kind of like a free element because his formation, he's a forward, okay? His job is to make movement up top and then try to score goals. Why don't you guys try that and see how it works? We didn't lose one game. We played three other games after that. We did not lose one game. And then he called he call us and was like, so what do you guys think? And then, and then, and then one guy, Sebastian who was in my team. He was like, yeah, a little bit of adjustment. That's what he's like. And he was like, that's all I'm paying here to do. That's what the coach said. He He's like, you guys already know how to play. I'm not going to teach you how to play. My job is to reorganize what I have. Do you guys, do you guys see that? I say some of you might want to be coach one day, right? And that's all you have to do. So anyway, that was good. Right there, like everybody kind of started respecting me a little bit more. Because, you know, I'm like somebody who's kind of low, I don't dare, you know. But trust me, professional level, it's animal. People will scream at you. People will yell at you. Even when you make the right decision, it doesn't matter. It's like people use the lack of confidence, and they try to put you down so they can make themselves feel good. And there's, like, a lot of that going on. But then the last game, the coach called of us one-on-one, and he said to me, he said, I like what I see. Usually I like a big, strong striker, tall striker, but you are not big and tall. You're just a simple guy. But you're so effective. And I really hope that we can sign you. I like everything. You make me change the way I look at my sport. You move very well. You're constantly moving, and I like that. So, and I say thank you very much. And that was it. And then I remember we met with the president the first day. I forget to tell you guys. They give us a car to drive around. Okay. They give us $500 just for allowance, just to do whatever we want with it. They give us a place to stay. They feed us. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like it was like professional. Bro. I was like, I'm hungry. It's like what I'm gonna do with that. So anyway, and it was in a newspaper, all of us Seattle Film. Actually, if you Google it on YouTube somewhere, you will see it was like public news. And then for me, I was gonna sign for. And then I never hear from them. For my agent, for starter, I never hear from my agent. And then I contact David. Francis, I say, have you heard from him? Because I haven't heard from him. And then he's like, well, why don't you call Seattle Sunday? Just call the coach. So then I call the coach. I say, um, I haven't heard from you guys. He's like, no, you're not the one. Who, we, are not, we are not supposed to talk to you directly. We're supposed to talk to your agent. I say, so he's like, haven't you talked to your agent? I said, no, it's been three weeks. I haven't heard from him, and the season's about to begin. So I was just trying to find out what's going to happen. And then, and then he's like, well, we let your agent know that we cannot pay that much money for a player that is just coming out of college, you know? And I was like, well, I, don't, I haven't talked to him. He's not really my agent. My agent is in France, and this guy is just like working with him. And he's like, well, I can discuss that with you, but the money he's asking is just too much for somebody who just played one season of college in NIA. Even though you have strong background, you know, we don't know how you can help the competitive in a long season, you know? So we can't pay that much money. And that was it. So at this point, I couldn't play college anymore because this was public knowledge. I mean, I was in the... The other Sunday, they give me money. I was there for, you can only be, to the NCAA, I think you can only be fired for 48 hours, and then they, you, they can't give you money, only reimburse boost your expenses. So, so that's it. Me, I got money. I got $500, which is like, all of me, that's professional. I was there for six days. They pay for everything. They feed me. And so, all these things make that I can no longer play NCAA Division One.
1: Yeah, you um, lost your eligibility, right? For it. Yep.
2: I lost my eligibility. And Do then that's hear it. From
1: I did after, I mean, like. I today. Uh, up until
2: today. Until today? Until. Oh my God. Wow. Until today. Only, I only hear from David. I only hear. And, and plus. Apparently they reimbursed a fly money to him, and I never get that money back either. But I didn't mind because I got five hundred dollars from them for my allowance, and my flight cost me like two hundred something. So for me, I didn't really sweat it, you know. I, I make money. For me, I try and the pay for my fly, you know. So, so that was it. And then I called David. David said, "Yeah, he talked to his dad because David doesn't even know him. David know his dad." who work in France, so he got up to him, and he said something, he lost my number, some BS. And that was my soccer career. I mean, so as you can see, many times I was there, right? Many times I was right there at the dog profession, from Leeds to Belgium, from Togo National Team, and then now Seattle Sunday, and then that's why I had come to peace with myself. So you know what, Amo? this was not just meant to be. You are meant maybe to experience the greatest experience of it, but making a million dollar point of football, it wasn't just for you. Just a lot you of, were of
0: that. You were okay. You were trying to reach this. It, it just seems like every time you're like as close as possible, uh, did that affect you tremendously? Did you feel like knowing that after everything that happened with the Sounders, did you just feel like it just wasn't meant to be this?
2: Yes, maybe yes, it wasn't yes. meant
0: to be a player, but.
2: Coach. Does yeah, that,
1: did you yeah. have
2: to think
0: about being a coach then? As soon as you hear that? Yeah, coach, well, I, was already,
2: I was already coaching. Honestly, I was already coaching. And I think I, oh. I'm, a, I'm a. Yeah, I've been coaching all this year, all along. I've been coaching, except when I went to college, right? When I went to college. I stopped coaching. I just played for college and all that. But before I went to college in 2006, from uh, August to March 2007, I didn't coach. But after that, I was coaching. So, and then uh, I was, oh, I think I'm a decent coach. I, I'm a pretty good teacher because I guess my dad was a teacher. So, teaching was part of my vocation, if you will say. Um, so, I love to coach and I love to teach a long time ago. So for me, I think my calling was more about coaching. So, so after all this did happen, I was like, you know what? Coaching was my thing. Like, like, I connect with my player. I teach player technique. I coach. I, I, when I put a team together, I win. So, and I, I'm very patient with players. So at that point, I said, you know what? Not everybody, I already know that, that, you know, at some point I know that not everybody's going to play the game, Right. Uh, but we can all use the game to impact the the sport and also impact people. So that was my mind. And that's the reason why I moved to the United States in the first place. Because when my dad asked me, why are you going to the United States? I said, hey, soccer is growing there, and I would like to be one of the teachers to teach the kids the right way. So that was my mission. And so when all these things happen, you know, every time something happens, I was like, come on, it can't be just bad luck, right? I mean, from from Lille's Academy, and then some of the player. No offense to nobody, but there's some player that me and my friend from Africa that play. We're so good, and if you tell us that we're never gonna play pro, we're probably gonna laugh at you. Because for us, as far as concerned, we're gonna sign pro. Because we're the one who play all the time. We're the one who make difference in the team. So as far as we are concerned, we're gonna go pro. So why don't we see some player? that we feel like, we're well, not that good technically, but they're more disciplined, right? Technically, we're better than them. Speed, we're better than them. And then they become pro. Then you just say like, okay, something is not as now. There's more to it than just be a good player, right? And so that's one thing I learned in my journey that I can share with a lot of players that it's not because you're a good soccer player or you're the most talented that you're going to go pro. There's just so many other variables that go into it, and it has to be timing and it has to be meant to be, to be honest with you. Because when it's not meant to be in a way, you can try, and I know I tried. I have every single opportunity that is there that any person who wanna play pro can dream of, right? I had it, and it never clicked. If it wasn't somebody who screwed me over, it's injury, right? <laughs> if it's not injury, it's something else. So it's like, so after you want to, you're going to ask yourself, okay, what's going on here? So, so that was kind of my story to the United States playing. And then after the Seattle Sunday, um, you know, experience, I just tell myself, so you know what, I won't. just play for fun and then focus on your coaching and then trying to give other kids the opportunity and share your experience with them to help other players that actually deserve or have the, the, the calling and the talent to be pro help guide them. And so that was kind of my little bit of story of uh, my journey into the United States as a soccer player. Yeah. And uh, yeah. next time, uh, they will be the coaching. So I think that's what's going to be a big one.
1: Thank you. This is a great segue to uh, to our next topic. We'll be uh, talking about your life as a coach and uh, giving back. But before we end up on this note, I wanted to know what would be the biggest experience that uh, you would like to share to the future aspiring, you know, soccer players. Right? I mean, you touch a little bit on it uh, that it's it's not just about your talent; it's also about a lot of other factor. But what would be, I mean, what do you tell your, you know, your kids uh, that you coach that, uh, you know, if there is that experience you really want, the message you want to get across, what is it? So that we can share it to, uh, to our listeners. Yeah.
2: So I think what I will say to everybody, I mean, um, before soccer become a business today, I think before anything become a business uh, in today's world, I think we can never outdo the passion. Um, and the joy of doing what you love. So my message to every single player out there that play this sport, I will tell them to forget about the professional quest, to forget about the money, to forget about the fame, to forget about chasing everything else, and just put their passion into the sport to the fullest. Just enjoy the sport. Um, And get any experience that, can prepare you to be ready for the opportunity. What do I mean by that? Uh, just like the movie Goal, or just like me in Togo national team. How are you? Just play the sport. Like just enjoy yourself to the fullest. Don't worry about who's watching, who's not watching. Just trust the game. Just play for the game. Just be loyal to the game. For every principle of the game, just do it. And when you do that, you will develop a, such a tremendous skill. And once those do skill, crop with somebody, a scout, right? A scout. Because there's a lot of scouts out there. Come and watch. You don't even notice who they are. You don't even know who they are. And then so when you do all that, and if it meant to be, then your skill, your passion, your training, your background, your education, and then we'll take you there. So that will be the message for me. And, and if you want to get better, obviously you need to train. Don't worry in your club's training. Don't worry on your uh, coach's training. I mean, as far as I can remember, I don't ever remember any coach ever teach me, take me down and teach me anything, honestly, in my whole soccer career. Anything I can remember was, they put on the session, and we just go to the session. But if I need to get my skills up, it's up to me. Like from my streets of Africa, it was me and my soccer ball, my motivation. The only thing I remember, my coach, Jean-Michel Damme, who's a, a director of academy of Lille, one thing I remember he told me is how to make a long distance pass with my knuckle. That's the only time I remember my life that anybody or any coach take me down and say, hey, Ramo, this is how you do it, this is when you do it. Other than that, you know, my whole experience is just about putting a drill and session and they don't even tell you, and they just go to the session. And then the session will teach you what you need to, to, to learn. So I think that's my message for everybody. Just go play for passion. And then if you're really good and deserve it, somebody will want to find you. You know, so... That will be my main message. So don't chase it. Don't don't drop everything. Don't think like this because you don't decide. People that pay you decide of what they need when they need it. You might be the greatest striker ever, but the club that might see you only need defender. So what you gonna do? It's all about timing. So prepare preparation 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 enjoyment, passion, that's all you need. And if it's meant to be, they will find you.
1: Coming. Thank you, Coach. We got it clear. Preparation, enjoyment, passion, and be flexible because when the right time is there, you got to go forth with it. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Ramo. This was great. You're welcome. Okay.
2: Thank you. I enjoyed talking to you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And make sure you send me some of, these, uh, some of these audio. So uh, sometimes it's good as a, when I'm going to write my uh, my, uh, my memoir, inspiration memoir. Sometimes it's better to listen to yourself. Let than, me extract the audio for
3: the memoir, and then yeah. we'll make it as an audio book.
2: <laughs> what What do you say? What do you say?
3: We'll
2: make, we'll extract the audio and make it an audio book. We'll just put it on yeah. audio. Actually, <laughs> somebody said that to me when I was in, the, I was in Boston. He said that, because I wrote a couple of books, I wrote a couple of books that I haven't published in yet, but I want to write like a, my philosophical, motivational life, coupled with my experience about a book that can inspire anybody who read it. And then this lady in Massachusetts said, I am I love hearing your story. Have you thought about, instead of writing a book and just like making an audio, so it's funny when you say that like, you know, people can actually live the event with you. So, so I might pick your, your brain on that. Maybe, Patrick, you might be into something, so we can do it. Well, i just tell a story and we can ask the question and we make the audio book. <laughs> I'll,
3: I'll
1: be the ghostwriter.
2: <laughs> All right, <nice>. thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> just, just like you say, Coach, you got to be flexible. <laughs> that's All
2: right, guys, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thanks um, a lot. That was fun. I just, I to see you guys, and uh, thank, you very much time. Time. You thank you, my friend. You have a great weekend. All right. Thank you. Take good yeah, care. Okay.
1: You. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Guys, you okay. again. This was our foreign football forecast. We hope you enjoy this in, this uh, uh, interview we have with Coach Ramo. Our second series, talking about his uh, journey in the United States, aspiring to live his dream as a coach. But as you can see, he has some a lot of tumultuous adventure that came with it, becoming a, a, a having the taste of becoming a soccer player again, taking him taking him more to the highest of. The soccer stage, you know, almost tasting the glory of playing on a World Cup stage. Eventually didn't happen, but um, the, the the journey was still a beautiful and that gave him a lot of experience for today. So we, we hope you guys enjoy it. Right, Patrick?
3: Absolutely, Harris.
1: And thank you all for listening to
3: a very interesting story. And we look forward to continuing our story in the next episode where we'll touch a little bit more about coach Rommel the coach as opposed to Rommel the player. So we look forward to that discussion and we thank you all for listening and taking the time to listen to us
1: today. And thank you all. Thank you. And before we end, I wanted to add as well, uh, sincere sincere condolences to the family of uh, George Floyd, uh, who has lost his life in Minneapolis um, this week. Uh, we understand all the things that are, that are going on and what we're hoping for and praying for just like in these soccer communities to have more love you know we're all human beings, and we all uh, for love so we have to resolve all these issues together you know and uh, so that we don't talk about more being against racism but more Mean for love because there's no longer be racism. So uh, this is the message we wanted to share to you. We hope all of you are safe. Keep, keep fighting for justices. And at the same time, let's all work together to bring a, a peaceful, friendly and united love just like uh, these beautiful sports as always teachers. Thank you guys. Absolutely. We,
3: we wish to go and continue to share the love and support that we have through football and to continue that love and support through all our sincerest condolences, and we thank you. And we ask that when you act, just act in, in love as opposed to hate. Thank you.
1: Thank you.